Praise God. We're so glad to have the Call family here. Amen. Jesse and Amanda. And amen. Their son. Amen. I don't. Amen. We're glad that they're here. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm going to preach the word of the Lord tonight, and I feel like that if you want the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. If you need to pray through, you can be prayed through to the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. I feel a special burden in this service tonight. Amen. I feel like God is drawing, God is moving, amen, and that today is the day of salvation. I said today is the day of salvation, amen, and there's, there's many in here that need a, a word from God, they need a touch from God, they need the Holy Ghost, there's, there's, very, there, there's many different uh, needs in this place. Very, there's very many needs in this house. Every person that's here, you have a need, amen, spiritually, that God, I've got to have you, amen. How many, how many has a need here tonight in your life? Amen. You've been talking to God today. You've been, you've been saying, God, I need a touch of the Holy Ghost. God, I need your spirit in my life, amen. I'm gonna preach to you, amen, just for a little bit here tonight, and then I'm gonna open this altar and your response to God, amen, will determine, amen, the move of the Spirit in your life. Amen. The Bible says that God draws nigh to them of a broken and of a contrite spirit. Amen. If you, if you feel emotions, that's good because God made us emotional beings. Amen. He wants us to worship Him with all of our heart. Praise God. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, I'm going to read a familiar passage of scripture and uh, I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. First Kings chapter 18. Amen. First Kings 18 verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let, us them, let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call you on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people said, it is well spoken. Praise God. Call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. Praise God. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, I ask you, Lord God, 
that you once again would answer by fire. God, according to your word, God, that the fire of the Holy Ghost is still, God, in operation in this world. God, that the Spirit of God is still moving. God, I thank you tonight, God, for what you're doing, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I praise your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. I love you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise? Greet someone before you sit down. Greet our guests. Let them know how glad we are that they're in church with us tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It is so good to see Amen, everyone in church tonight. Praise God. Amen. There's some that are out sick. We need to continue to pray for them. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, my God is the healer. Amen. There's nothing too hard for God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to continue praying. God will heal their bodies. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I come here with a burden in my spirit tonight. Amen. A a burden is something that weighs heavy upon whatever it is placed upon. And tonight, God has placed a burden in my spirit for his people. Amen. If you sit here tonight, you are a man. You belong to God. The word of God says that all souls belong to God. Amen. I've heard the, the statement that I've sold my soul to the devil. And uh, it is an impossible thing to sell your soul, amen, when it belongs to God because God, amen, does not sell anything to the devil. Amen. There's people that may give their life and they may live according to their flesh, but tonight the Spirit is talking to the soul, amen. That part of you that... Amen. God placed inside of you when you took the breath of life. As soon as you became the heartbeat in your mother's womb. Amen. You say, when does the breath of life begin? Well, you begin breathing when you leave your mother's womb and you become, amen, a living uh, entity outside of your mother's womb. But as soon as there's conception and there's a heartbeat, uh, amen, you are God. Uh, Amen. God said, I have formed thee and created thee. He said, I knew thee in thy mother's womb before you were born. Now you think about that tonight. Uh, Amen. That God knew us before we were conceived even. God knew that we were going to live in this world. And tonight God has sent a preacher to you, amen, to tell you that God wants to give you the greatest gift that's ever been known to man. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, hallelujah. God wants to fill you with his spirit. Amen. God wants to bring you into a place, amen, that you can be reconciled unto him. The church has the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Oh, yeah, because sin has gotten us out of balance with God. But the Holy Ghost brings us into reconciliation with God. He brings us back into fellowship. Oh, thank God for his spirit tonight. Thank God, amen, that he's been drawing you and talking to you and dealing with you. Amen, thank God that when the devil tells us you've went too far, God says, I'm ready to get going. If you'll listen to me, I'm ready to bring you back into this place where you can be in fellowship with me. Oh, come on, I'm reaching for you tonight. Amen, that the burden that God put into my spirit is to preach to you the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus Christ said, I am come to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captive, them that are bruised by sin. Oh, yeah, sin will take and bruise you. The devil is a harsh taskmaster. But Jesus said, I'm come to give you deliverance. I'm come to set you free. I'm come to give you that thing that you've been searching for and looking for, but you've got to allow me into your life. This passage of scripture where we start tonight, we find the people of God that once again they had wandered from God. They had strayed from the Lord God Almighty that loved them with an unending love, the Word of God tells us. The people of God had went after false idols. They had went after false gods. They had started worshiping Baal. Amen. And Baal, if you study out the word of God and you study history, amen, there's nothing new under the sun. And the, the prophets of Baal, they were the ones that would take the babies and throw them into the fire. Amen. They would take and, and, and they would destroy and they would kill. Amen. And people became in bondage and in slavery. Amen. To sin. Amen. I'm here to preach to you tonight. Amen. That God heard the cries of his people. There was somebody saying, I need God to touch my life. I I need God to change me. I need God to set me free. And God sent him a preacher to preach to him. Oh, hallelujah, God sent him a prophet, amen, that said, hey, amen, the God that answers by fire, he's going to be the God that we serve. Oh, praise God. Thank God that God sends a preacher, amen, to preach faith into your walk with God, that you can live for God, that you can have the power of the Holy Ghost, the things that you can't get on your own, the Holy Ghost, amen, will help you attain the things that you can't do by yourself God will bring deliverance amen we find that these, these, these people of God amen that they had become ensnared and entangled in idol worship 
They were worshiping false gods. They were, they were doing things that, that was totally against the way that they had been raised and taught. They, they, they were doing things they never dreamed they would do. Oh, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I said to myself, what do you think you're doing? Why are you acting this way? You know you weren't raised this way. You weren't taught to do these things and can I tell you that it's not that you were that you're a bad person or that you're taught but when you allow Satan and you allow the things of this world to come into your life all of a sudden you start going down paths that you normally wouldn't go down amen you start saying things that you normally wouldn't say you start doing things that you normally wouldn't do and can I tell you that's what the devil does he tries to get you so entangled and so ensnared of the things of this world that you think you can never get out that there's no hope well I come to preach to you hope tonight I come to preach to you tonight that there is a God that can set you free oh hallelujah And time had rocked on. They went from Saul to David to Solomon. And then all of a sudden the kingdom blew up. The ten tribes of Israel and the two tribes of Judah. And God would send them preachers, send them prophets and pastors Send them men of God to preach to them and, and lead them back to the house of God and to the place of mercy. And once again, the people of God were in that place to where they were in bondage to all types of things that they would never have dreamt doing while serving God. Oh, I, I just want to stop here and say right now, hey man, the reason why, hey man, you might be in the condition you're in, it's because you have left the fountain of living water. Oh, can I, you say, Pastor, you're preaching doom. Oh, no, no, no. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to come back to God. You've got to come back to that fountain. You've got to come back to that river. you got to come back to that place uh, where you first met God, where God began dealing with you. Uh, and God wants to do miracles for you again. Uh, God wants to bring you out again. Uh, God wants to bring deliverance into your life. That old man of God, he was standing against the tide. And he, he said, we're going to have a contest. Of, uh, of, and we're going to see which uh, God is really the true God. We're going to see which God uh, is really going to give you deliverance and bring you out uh, of that place that you're in. Uh, and we're going to do it God's way. He said, we're going to go to Mount Carmel. He told Ahab, he said, you bring your prophets of Baal. Amen, and I'll be there to meet you, and we're going to bring sacrifice to God. And the God that answers by fire, he says, that's the God we are going to serve. 
Amen. That's the God that we're going to serve. Come on. I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. That you've got to understand that the devil will try to tell you though this thing about serving God is just for those who have it all together. Oh, can I tell you all through the word of God, God doesn't use people that have it all together. He uses people that love him. He uses people that want to serve him. Oh yeah, they make mistakes and they mess up. But God uses people that say, say, I love God more than anything. I am going to live for God against all odds. He said, you bring, he said, you bring two bullocks. And we're going to place them on the wood. We're going to cut it in pieces. And we're going to lay it on wood and put no fire under it. There was a, an order. God, Remember, God has an order. God has a way that things happen. Amen. That we just can't do our way. We've got to do it God's way. Amen. I, I, I mess up when I try to do stuff my way. When I try to do stuff my way, it it falls apart. But when I do it God's way, God puts it together. I said God is in the business of putting things together. Oh, come on. I'm I'm preaching here tonight. Amen. That God wants to put you back together again. God wants to put your life together. He wants to put your mind together. He wants to put your heart back together. You know, sometimes the, the things that are broken inside and no one can see are the things that are the worst shattered. And sometimes those things on the outside, we've got it all together. But on the inside, everything is a wreck. On the outside, man says, wow. They've got it together. And on the inside, you say, if you could only see the rended heart, if you could only see the part of me that's hurting every day, and God sees those things. God sees you where you're at. God knows the, the strife or the, the heartache that's inside of you. And God's saying, come on, give me a chance. Come on, I, I'm reaching for you right now. Give me a chance. Oh, Oh, God said, hey, I want to put your life back together. God can put your life back together. You can be seated. This world, they say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. It's the biggest lie that's ever been propagated to mankind. Oh, on the inside, there's those things that may have happened in your past. There's, a, there's those things that you may deal with from your uh, the things of your past that may have happened to you. 
and you say, oh, everything's all right on the outside, but on the inside, there's that rending of the spirit that you say, oh, I wish God somehow that this could be put back together. And that's where God's people was in this passage of scripture. On the outside, they were like everybody else. On the outside, everything seemed to be going okay for them. Amen. But on the inside, there was that longing and yearning for the things of God. And the man of God stepped up and he told him, he said, why are you halting between two opinions? Why are you trying to decide whether you'll serve God or whether you'll serve Baal? The nations that we live in, this nation that we live in, this Christian nation that we live in. Are you hearing me tonight? Oh yeah, we we are a Christian nation. But there are so many things that have people bound because they don't know about the power of the Holy Ghost. They know that there is God. They know his name is Jesus Christ, but they haven't experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that if you allow the Holy Ghost to come into your life, that the Holy Ghost will transform your life. The Holy Ghost can put you back together. Amen. The Holy Ghost can set you free. And so they took there the bullock. They cut it in pieces. They laid it on the wood. And the Bible says they began to dance. They began to cry out to their gods. And there was no answer. They began to cry all the louder. The Bible says they began to cut themselves. Elijah said, hey, maybe your God has went on a journey. Maybe your God can't hear you. Maybe you need to cry a little louder. And so they begin to do all these things. And the Bible tells us that they all day long that they, they, they tried to get their God to answer by fire. And there was no answer from their God. Amen. And the Bible tells us about the time of the evening sacrifice that Elijah, he said to the people, come near to me in verse 30. And all the people came near unto him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Oh, I just want to take a minute right now and preach to you tonight that you've got to have an altar in your walk with God. You've got to have a place that is built that you can go and sacrifice. Amen. To God. You say, what do we sacrifice? The Bible says that we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Oh, I've come to preach to you tonight that I don't serve a God that can't hear. He hears your prayer. I serve a God. He never goes on vacation. I serve a God that he never leaves his people by themselves, but he says, come on near to me. Come on, come on. The Bible tells us that he's the great shepherd. 
You know what the shepherd does with his sheep? Is the shepherd lives among the sheep. Think about this. How many's ever, how many's ever seen a shepherd? I know you've seen me, but I'm talking about a real life shepherd. <laughs> I'm talking about one that takes care of. I'm talking about the little woolly animals that. Bah. The shepherd, he's out there, he's all by himself. He, he lives in his little, they have the shepherd's wagon. I, I don't know, I've, I've seen modern day pictures and to me it doesn't look like a whole lot has changed except that they might have a, a little bit of a generator or some electricity. Some of them don't even have that. But they live among the sheep. They lead them beside still waters. They kill the predators that come against them, that come against their young, that come against them. They, they take care of the sheep. Uh, the, the Word of God says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That rod was a, it was a short club that had a hardened end. And the shepherd then became very adept at throwing that club and at using that club against predators. Amen. It says thy rod and thy staff. And so the comfort came to the sheep. Amen. That the shepherd is going to take. That's why the devil tries to get you away from the shepherd. That's why the devil tries to get you away from the house of God because he knows that the shepherd in this house is going to fight for your soul. Is going to pray for you. Is going to pray for your babies. Amen. That's going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, thank God. Amen that he's the good shepherd he's the great shepherd he's the shepherd of my soul where does the shepherd live he lives amongst his people the Holy Ghost lives in his people he dwells in his people thy rod and thy staff they comfort me Jesus said, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he shall lead you into all truth. John 4, 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. You know what's happening? Amen, the world's getting a revelation. Amen, that I've got to get back to God. I've got to find the shepherd of my soul. I've got to get back to him because he's the only one that can put my life together. Together. The only one that's going to put your life back together is God. As much as I love you, I can't put your life together. God puts it together. God says, okay, I'm going to pick up the broken pieces. And put you back together. I love something. You know, Brother Charles preached to young people. <laughs> How many knows that the Bible says that, that God ran? God ran. You say, How does God run? He's everywhere at once. Well, there's a there's a passage of scripture that's called the prodigal son. And there was a father that every day 
he would go to look and he was watching for that son who had left. And the Bible tells us that when he saw his son a great way off, he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Are you hearing this preacher today? That's the only time that the Bible tells us that God ran. Amen. Is when he saw the backslider coming. When he saw that one that started coming to God said, "Ah, I've got to get back to the house of God. Come on, I'm reaching for you right now. Oh, that God, he knows right where you're at. He's coming to you. He's drawing you. Elijah said to the people, come near. Come here, we're going to see what God's getting ready to do. Verse 31, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench about the altar. He put the wood in order cut the bullock in pieces, laid him on the wood. He said, fill four barrels with water, pour it on the wood, the burnt sacrifice. He said, do it the second time, do it the third time. They did it the third time. The water filled the trench. Verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and then notice what he said here. He didn't say Jacob. He said, and of Israel. He said it very intentionally that way. That once your name was supplanter and deceiver, and a crook, and somebody that would do things behind your dad's back and, and deceive your parents. But now, you're not just any old person, but God changed your name. That angel said to Jacob, how, how many knows the story of Jacob? Jacob had done all those terrible things to his dad and his brother. Him and his mom had lied together and he stole the blessing. Man, this, this, this sounds almost like something that goes on today in this world. There's nothing new under the sun. What? You hear about it all the time. And he was wrestling with that angel. His life. The cartels, it's nothing new. Esau, he was the one that everybody feared. His band had grown. He was a deadly man. He was a man that, that if he got a hold of you, you were in trouble. And Jacob heard that Esau was coming. And so he split his family up and he sent the herds on ahead. 
And the Bible says that somewhere he began to pray. He realized that if he didn't have God, that he was in trouble. He realized that if God didn't step on the scene in his life, he was in trouble. Come on, I'm reaching for somebody here tonight. That if you don't have God step on the scene in your life, you know you're in trouble. And he began wrestling with that angel. He began wrestling with that man. And that angel, the day he was trying to break. And he said, hey, you've got to let me go. But the Bible says that Jacob held on to him all the more. He said, now let me go. And he said, no. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Hey, man, he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, no more will your name be called Jacob, but it's going to be called Israel. Hey, man, no more will your name be called Jacob, but it's going to be called as a prince. You're going to have power with God and with man. The Bible says he touched the hollow of his thigh and the sinew shrunk. And that day, from that day forward, Jacob walked with a limp, but he was a changed man because God had stepped on the scene in his life and had blessed him. Come on, I'm reaching for somebody here tonight. You know that if you don't get a hold of God in your life, you're in trouble. Amen. Because Esau's on the way. Esau's coming to your house. Esau's going to destroy you. Oh, but God said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's your name, Jacob? He said, I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to put my name upon you. I'm going to give you that name that'll change your life forever. Elijah began to pray. He said, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Oh, that's powerful right there. Nevertheless, at thy word. I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. And thou hast turned their heart back again. Verse 38 says, The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That day, God answered by fire. And can I tell you something now? Is that today, God still answers by fire. The devil tries to mimic the things of God and say, oh, look at all these things that I'll give you if you'll bow down and worship me. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just worship me. I'll give you everything that this world seems to to draw to themselves as precious. That they say, oh, if you have these things, that it's everything is so great. 
Oh, but God is saying tonight, amen, that I'm going to answer by fire. Amen. And so the fire is the test. The fire will fall and consume the burnt offering. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, amen, oh yeah, there was another people, amen, later on in the history of Israel that they too were crying out to God. They had been in 400 years of darkness for 400, I don't know about you, but 400 years is a long time to never hear from God. 400 years is a long time to never feel the presence of God in your family. Do you know how long, how many generations it would be for us to not hear from God? For 400 years, it would be generation after generation after generation that didn't know God. But all of a sudden, Jesus Christ stepped onto the scene. All of a sudden, Jesus Christ, God manifested in flesh begin walking uh, around in this earth, uh, amen, in their lives, uh, amen, transforming them. Uh, tell them, look, uh, you've got to hear the gospel of the kingdom preached. Uh, repent, uh, amen, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, except you repent, uh, you'll all likewise perish. He began preaching. He began healing. He began touching lives that hadn't been touched for 400 years. 400 years of darkness spiritually. Every generation, every generation generation Brother Romero Generation, Brother Lalo, someday your son will be the next generation, but every generation has to have the first generation experience with God. Your dad's experience can't be your experience. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have God leading you and guiding you in your walk with God. Or the next generation falls into darkness and from the end of the Old Testament when Malachi prophesied the last prophecy to the children of Israel darkness fell upon the people of God spiritually for 400 years they didn't hear from God there was no prophet saying turn your life around There was no man of God saying, look, you've got to turn from that wickedness. Don't go that way anymore. Don't do those things. No, they didn't even know. I don't even know if they knew who God was any longer. They had fell into darkness. And all of a sudden, there sprang a great light. Oh, yeah, the Word of God said there was going to be a great light that was going to come out of, oh yeah, it was going to come out of, out of Nazareth, out of Euphrates, Bethlehem. There was going to come a light. Oh no, it wasn't just a Christmas story. It was God saying, okay, they've been in darkness long enough. I'm going to start talking to them. I'm going to start shining my light in their life. 
He walked among them. The Bible says we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who was that? Jesus Christ. Amen. When you looked at Jesus, you saw God. No man had seen God at any time. But all of a sudden, God was walking amongst them. When Jesus stepped into the room, all eyes were upon him, the word of God says. When Jesus stepped into their lives, everything began changing. Children began to experience God like they had never experienced him before. Jesus said, hey, we need to feed these folks. Jesus said, hey, we need to, we need to feed these people. And the disciples, they said, well, we've only got about 200 penny worth of bread. You say, how much was that? Obviously not very much. Man, if you buy 200 penny worth of bread right now, <laughs> you'd have to ask for about a quarter of a loaf. Say, would you mind divvying that out <laughs> for $2 at a time? I might buy you half a loaf today. And maybe that day Jesus was talking about faith. That if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And people's lives begin to shake violently under the power of God. And they begin to understand that the things that once were mountains in their life are now removable obstacles that God will give them victory over. The things that they dealt with for generations, generational curses, they didn't have to have those things in their life anymore. And a little boy, the new generation said, hey, I've got a lunch here, Jesus. The disciples brought him to Jesus. He said, here's five loaves and two fishes. Jesus took it. He didn't even bat an eye. He said, whoo, this is where I can work. I can work in faith. I can work in somebody's faith. God wants to work in somebody's faith tonight. Hey, man, God wants to work in your faith tonight. He doesn't want to work with your own human understanding. He doesn't want to work with the things that you've got all figured out. He wants to work in the impossibilities. That God, here's my life. I'm going to give it to you. The Bible says that Jesus took it, he blessed it, and he broke it. He took that little boy's life and blessed it and broke it. 5,000 men, their wives and children, possibly 15,000 people. They all had one kid and one wife. That's 15,000. 5,000 times three. I hope I'm not boring you. 15,000 people. And Jesus began breaking the bread. He began breaking the fish. You talk about a buffet line. Whoo. 
Sam Southern Eater hasn't figured it out yet. <laughs> they need to get Jesus on staff. <laughs> Started breaking the fish. And they said, hey, Jesus, everybody's fed. 15,000 people, amen, have been fed. You know what? It's not hard for God to feed you. It's not hard for God to give you what you're hungry for. Oh, yeah, this world will put a hunger in you that'll keep on hungering. But Jesus said, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Shall be filled. I'm hungry for the things of God. I'm hungry for for a drink from heaven. I'm hungry. Jesus told him. He said, go. He said, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You go ahead and keep messing around with all the things of this world that will leave you powerless. But tonight, God is saying, hey, I want to fill you with the Holy Ghost just like they received on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that they were all in one place in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house. Oh, the Holy Ghost is in this place tonight. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. You say, well, why don't we see the the, the physical fire of the Holy Ghost today? God wanted them Jews to know that I'm answering by fire today. Just like I did back there with Elijah, I'm showing you who the Lord God is. And you know what happens is yet today, amen, God is still answering by fire. God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God is still the miracle working God. Musicians come. And so just like the fire fell, on that altar that Elijah put the sacrifice on. Today, the fire still falls the same way. That I am going to put the sacrifice in order. Did you know you're the sacrifice? No. We don't kill people. God doesn't kill people. But the Bible says we are a living sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice. Did you know that you're not your own? You belong to God. You're bought with a price. Therefore, worship God. Worship God. And the fire of the Holy Ghost fell. On the day of Pentecost. That same fire is here tonight. That if you need the Holy Ghost. If you need renewing in the Holy Ghost. If you need praying through. That God I'm not living this way anymore. God forgive me of my sin. You've got to lay the sacrifice in order. You've got to do it God's way. You can't do it another way. You've got to cry out to God. You've got to ask God. God forgive me of my sins. God I'm asking you tonight God to deliver 
me from this sin. Come on, is there anybody here tonight that can help me pray? Is there anybody here tonight that can cry out to God? Today is the day of salvation. Oh, right now is the time. You don't need to wait any longer. You've come to the place where God wants to meet. This altar's open. Oh, bring our guests with us. Bring our friends to the altar with us. Oh, come on, it's time to pray. Oh, yes, God. Come on, let's reach out right now. Come on, brothers. Come on, sisters. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, the name of Jesus. God, I've got to have that fire tonight, God. Oh, the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on. Come on, brothers. Oh, come on, let's pray. Oh, there's people coming to the altar right now. Let's pray with them. Oh, the name of Jesus.
Just pour your heart out to the Lord right now. Lift your voice up to the Lord. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Yeah. 